Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for October 22nd, 2022 Saturday reading of the Arapaho County News. My name is Pablo. Today, we will be reading the following main articles. Colorado Supreme Court declines to hear appeal on Priola recall effort after party switch by the Associated Press. In Aurora, a first look at the frenzied art and life of Salvador Dali by Kara Mason. Castle Rock to use treated wastewater for drinking. Aurora has reused downstream water for years by Brittany Peterson. Aurora Mayor Brings Forward Work First Plan for Housing the Homeless by Max Levy and following up with miscellaneous articles. Colorado Supreme Court declines to hear appeal on Priola recall effort after party switch by the Associated Press, October 21st, 2022. Denver Colorado's Supreme Court has let stand a lower court judge's ruling that postponed a Republican-backed recall campaign against State Senator Kevin Priola, who switched parties to Democrat to protest what he called the GOP's refusal to repudiate assertions that the 2020 presidential election was stolen. The Supreme Court declined without comment to hear the appeal by Advance Colorado Action, a conservative group backing the circulation of recall petitions in Priola's suburban Denver district. It issued its decision on Tuesday. Priola's district, as it stands today, includes parts of Aurora. The lower court's preliminary injunction temporarily enhanced Democrats' ability to retain a majority in the state Senate, where they hold a 21-14 advantage after the November 8th midterm elections. The party holds a larger majority in the House. A recall committee began collecting voter signatures soon after Priola announced his party switch in August citing his disgust with the Republican Party's tolerance of persistent assertions that the 2020 vote was stolen. Those assertions have repeatedly been proven false. Denver District Court Judge Marie Avery Moses ruled October 10th that recall supporters must wait until January 9th when Colorado's 2023 legislator convenes and Priola is sworn in to collect signatures in a new district Priola represents that is more favorable to Republicans. Priola's district boundaries were changed as a result of redistricting. Moses ruled the Secretary of State's office erred on approving the recall campaign beforehand. Petitioners had until November 8th to collect enough signatures to force an eventual recall vote, possibly in January. A Democrat-backed committee created to fight the recall sued to challenge the Secretary of State's ruling. Michael Fields, president of Advance Colorado Action, said the recall campaign had collected more than 20,000 voter signatures and was considering its options, including with the lower court. 
Quote, it's unfair given the Secretary of State's office told us this is how we had to do it, unquote, Fields said. Quote, it's not fair to the people who signed the petition, unquote. Priola is in his second term as a state senator and is not up for re-election in November. In Aurora, a first look at the frenzied art and life of Salvador Dali by Kara Mason, Sentinel Managing Editor, October 21st, 2022. Aurora Surrealist artist Salvador Dali has been called many things, an obscure genius, a clown, a narcissist, eccentric, a fascist. He's been worshipped for pushing boundaries and rebuked for his outlandish lifestyle. Now, spectators can decide for themselves which analysis best fits the Spanish painter with the global premiere of, quote, Dali Alive, unquote, a 13,000-square-foot immersive display at Stanley Marketplace in North Aurora. Similar to other immersive exhibits that have come before it, Giant dancing versions of some of Dali's most well-known works tower over guests. Quote, the persistence of memory, unquote, which was apparently inspired by a piece of camembert cheese melting in the heat. And, quote, dream caused by the flight of a bee, unquote, painted of his muse gala well after the artist's prime, are both among the images that float around the space. Quote, in my opinion, if Salvador Dali were alive today, he would be creating art in this exciting new age digital medium, unquote, said Bruce Peterson, executive chairman and founder of Grand Experiences, which is presenting the exhibit with help from the Dali Museum in St. Petersburg, Florida. Indeed, Dali dabbled in different art forms. He produced sculptures, sketches, paintings, photography, furniture, and film when in 1945 he moved to Hollywood to work with Alfred Hitchcock on, quote, Spellbound, unquote, a thriller featuring Gregory Peck and Ingrid Bergman. Dali was also known for his bombastic personality, which was largely influenced by his childhood. He was named after his late brother, who died just nine months before Dali was born, and the death of his mother who died of cancer when Dali was 16 years old. Quote, I wanted to be a cook. At seven, I wanted to be Napoleon. Unquote. The artist wrote in his 1942 autobiography, Quote, The Secret Life of Salvador Dali. Unquote. Quote, And my ambition has been growing steadily ever since. Unquote. As a young artist, Dali joined the Surrealists, a group of European creatives who after World War I began a movement largely influenced Sigmund Freud's writings on psychoanalysis and the idea that the mind repressed true imagination. The group, closely tied to the French Communist Party, tried to expel Dali in 1939 when he said he envisioned Adolf Hitler, quote, as a woman, unquote, whose flesh, quote, ravished me, unquote. Later, he also named nationalist dictator General Francisco Franco as, quote, the greatest hero of Spain, unquote. 
Dali's career was marked not just by his work, but also his antics, like when he gave a lecture in a deep-sea diving suit and helmet. Quote, the better to descend into the depths of the subconscious, unquote, he said of his outfit, which nearly killed him. Without Dali the person, there was no Dali the art. Dali died in 1989 at the age of 84, seven years after his wife Gala, who Dali often called his muse. She also appeared in many of his works of art. Quote, I would polish Gala to make her shine, make her the happiest possible, caring for her more than myself, because without her, it would all end, unquote, he once said of her. Two years before Gala's death, Amid one of her many affairs with young male artists, Dali reportedly beat Gala, breaking two of her ribs. Dali's storied life is presented along with his art at, quote, Dali Alive, unquote. A second room off the main exhibit showcases the stories behind some of his most recognizable pieces, as well as some of the flamboyant stunts that defined his career. If you go... Quote, Dali Alive, unquote, runs from October 21st through January 29th at the Hangar and Stanley Marketplace, 2501 North Dallas Street. Tickets for adults start at $39 with discounts for children and seniors. For more information and to buy tickets, visit theloom.com. Castle Rock to use treated wastewater for drinking. Aurora has reused downstream water for years. By Brittany Peterson, Associated Press, October 21, 2022. Castle Rock When Eric Sufert brewed a test batch of beer in 2017 with water from recycled sewage, he wasn't too concerned about the outcome. The engineering firm that approached him about the test explained the process, and together they sipped samples of recycled water. Sufert quickly understood it wasn't too different from how water is normally handled. Quote, Every stream and river in this country has someone putting in their wastewater after they've treated it. Unquote, he said. After tapping the keg and having a taste, the owner of 105 West Brewing Company in Castle Rock, Colorado, proudly served it at his bar. Brewing beer, cooking food, and refilling water bottles with recycled wastewater could soon become standard practice in a state that's synonymous with its pristine-tasting snowmelt and mountain springs. Last week, Colorado's Water Quality Agency gave unanimous preliminary approval to regulate direct potable reuse. The process of treating sewage and sending it directly to taps without first being dispersed in a larger water body. Pending a final vote in November, the state would become the first to adopt direct potable reuse regulations according to Watreuse, a national group advocating for the method. Quote, Having well-developed regulations helps ensure projects are safe and that project proponents know what will be required of them, unquote, said Laura Bellinger, water resources engineer with the nonprofit Western Resource Advocates. The interest is widely shared among other Colorado front-range cities, many involved in the rulemaking process. 
The region anticipates rapid population growth over the next few decades, and treating sewage for drinking is how that growth will be met," said Greg Baker of Aurora Water. Quote, "It becomes more and more difficult to acquire new water." Unquote. Baker said, quote, "The more we can take advantage of water we already have, the better for all of us." Unquote. Aurora. Often partnering with Colorado Springs for decades is in a relative and viable position compared to many Front Range communities because of sizable water rights and its own reservoir for storage. Still, Aurora has long been aggressive in acquiring rights when it can and has led the state in a large reuse program that filters water through underground wells. Then pumps it over an elevation of about 1,000 feet and about 20 miles back to Aurora, where it is filtered and treated. Treated wastewater from local rivers and creeks often must be returned to the source for downstream users, who are owed minimum flows as required by various laws. But imports, such as Colorado River water pumped over the Continental Divide and down to the Front Range, can in many cases be completely used up. Nearly all the water in Aurora can be reused. The city is currently reusing about 10% filtered through the South Platte River bank and is well positioned to accommodate future growth by expanding recycling. Baker said, "The reuse project." Called Prairie Waters is almost a decade old. The system is able to treat and deliver as much as 10 million gallons of water a day, according to Aurora water officials. Aurora has also used treated water for irrigation in parks and landscaping for several years. As the state's population explodes and regional water supplies dwindle. Recycling water for drinking is a significant opportunity for stretching a limited supply," said Kevin Reedy, conservation specialist for the Colorado Water Conservation Board. And he said it's a game changer in a place like Castle Rock, a city of seventy-five thousand just south of Denver, nestled under its prominent namesake Butte that relies primarily on pumping finite groundwater for drinking. Quote. I think it's an important tool for the long term because it gives water providers options to respond to future scarcity of water supplies, whether drought-driven or other reasons. Unquote," said Mark Marlow, director of Castle Rock Water. The utility already reuses about 14% of its wastewater, sending it to a creek from the treatment plant and redrawing it farther downstream. But as climate change leads to more arid condition in the western U.S., the creek's flow is becoming less reliable. Prairie Water's multi-barrier purification approach: one, riverbank filtration extracts water from alluvium and removes nitrate, pathogens, and trace organic chemicals in about ten days of travel time. Two. Aquifer recharge and recovery provides additional travel time for additional removal of nutrients and trace organics. Three, chemical softening reduces hardness, calcium, manganese, iron, and scaling potential. Four, high-intensity UV light combined with hydrogen peroxide oxidizes remaining trace organics. Five. 
Granular filters remove remaining particles and pathogens. 6. Granular activated carbon absorbs remaining trace organics and improves taste. With a dry bed, water is, quote, lost, unquote, into the ground rather than recaptured and sent back out to taps. Blending highly treated wastewater directly at the facility would eliminate that climate risk, Marlowe said. The process, which typically entails disinfecting wastewater with ozone gas or ultraviolet light to remove viruses and bacteria, then filtering it through membranes with microscopic pores to remove solids and trace contaminants, is gaining interest as communities grapple with extended droughts. While many U.S. states don't explicitly prohibit this type of water reuse, developing statewide standards can encourage more rapid adoption, said Reedy of the Colorado Conservation Board. There are no specific federal regulations for direct potable reuse. However, projects have to comply with federal health standards for drinking water. Like many Colorado cities, Castle Rock is still evaluating the cost and urgency of adopting direct potable reuse, but plans to begin testing next year so they can be ready to move quickly if needed. Even so, it could be three to five years before the new source is available. That's actually a short timeline for developing a new water supply, much speedier than building a reservoir over 20 to 30 years, said Reedy. Quote, you're looking at the long-term viewpoint, unquote. Florida, California, and Arizona are moving swiftly to adopt regulations as well, and a handful of other states are beginning the process or have existing projects. As conditions continue to decline on the Colorado River, Arizona faces deep mandatory water cuts, while pressure mounts for California to give up more of its share a strong incentive to find ways to stretch what they have. Denver and Colorado Springs, the state's most populous cities, already recycle the majority of their water through downstream exchanges with other cities and for non-drinking uses, such as watering parks. Both expect to someday recycle water for drinking purposes, but officials are concerned their reusable supplies from the stressed Colorado River soon could face mandatory reductions. Quote, if you've built a big direct potable reuse system and you don't have it even for a few years, that causes some problems. Unquote, said Greg Fisher, demand planning manager at Denver Water. Quote, if we are relying on those reusable drinking water supplies to meet our customers' needs, our ability to meet their needs is put at risk, unquote, Fisher said. Water recycling projects can carry a large price tag, although federal funding is available. The Environmental Protection Agency offers low-cost loans for water infrastructure projects, including recycling. Through the U.S. Bureau of Reclamation's Water Recycling Programs, the bipartisan infrastructure law offers over $1 billion over the next five years for non-federal water recycling projects. As part of the program, $20 million was recently granted to El Paso's Water Board to help construct a direct potable reuse facility. The project is expected to save 13,000 acre-feet of water annually. 
enough to supply about 26,000 households. Not all projects will meet requirements for federal assistance, so costs could fall to users. But delaying reuse and relying on new water, if it's available, can be expensive. Quote, you have to compare it to the cost of new supplies and where you'll store that, unquote, Reedy said. Suford already knows he can make a good beer from recycled water. He's more worried about keeping the cost of business down. Quote, I'm concerned that the resources will be there for the planned growth in an affordable way for this region, unquote, Suford said. Quote, but as of now, I trust that they're working on it, unquote. Aurora Mayor Brings Forward Work First Plan for Housing the Homeless by Max Levy, Sentinel Staff Writer, October 20, 2022. Aurora. Aurora conservatives want to codify more of their philosophy around housing the homeless following a trip to San Antonio to study that city's outreach and aid programs. Mayor Mike Kaufman presented an outline for coordinating the city's approach to homelessness on Monday, which includes creating conditions for accessing transitional housing and incentives for using support services, quantifying the city's successes at addressing homelessness based on the number of clients who have achieved self-sufficiency, consolidating homelessness services onto a single campus, which the city may wait to build until it secures the help of a private nonprofit, offering employment services, emergency support, and case management for the homeless, and developing a public communication strategy to educate the public about how the city's program works and how they can support it. Quote, What we ought to do on the campus is focus our resources on those that want to change their behavior those who want to do something affirmative to change their behavior, to participate in addiction recovery and mental health programs, unquote, he said. Quote, but like the model of Haven for Hope in San Antonio, that all of these specific services, we really want them co-located on the campus, unquote. It was unclear whether Kaufman has the votes to codify the plan as one conservative, Curtis Gardner, was absent Monday and another, Danielle Jurinsky, had microphone issues that prevented her from sharing her opinion of the plan at the end of the remote meeting. Kaufman's plan was opposed by council progressives who said more conditions for receiving aid would only lead to the city helping fewer people exit homelessness. Quote, we were told, even by folks at Haven, that the conditions were barriers, that we were going to serve less people, unquote, Councilmember Juan Marcano said. Quote, our residents have asked us to solve this problem, not to moralize about it, not to make judgments about it, but to solve this problem. And I feel like we're getting way into the weeds here about a campus, and all of these requirements we want to tack on, and that's going to make anything we do less effective at the end of the day, unquote. He also questioned whether it was cost-effective for the city to invest in a single campus rather than existing properties around the city, which Houston reportedly found to be more cost-effective. 
Before traveling to San Antonio, a delegation from Aurora also visited Houston to evaluate that city's approach to homelessness. Kaufman said, and Councilmember Dawson Zvonik agreed, that he believed concentrating homelessness services in a single place made it easier for people in need to find help. Zvonik also said, quote, housing first, unquote, policies are fiscally unsustainable and, quote, hide, unquote, the homeless by placing them in housing without helping them live self-sufficient lives. Quote, I don't think it's our economic system that produces homelessness. I think it's lenient drug laws that produce more homelessness and the lack of access to mental health support that leads to homelessness, unquote, Zvonik said. Kaufman also expressed admiration for the model of the Colorado Springs Rescue Mission, where he said has few conditions for homeless people seeking emergency shelter or essentials like food and medical care, but requires participation in job training and drug treatment and mental health programs for transitional housing and other programs. Councilmember Francois Bergen asked whether a condition could be added to Kaufman's plan to require investment by a nonprofit before building a campus, and the mayor said he would work with Bergen on language to reflect that, adding that he was willing to talk with any council member about what they would like to add to the plan. A survey undertaken on behalf of the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development indicated that in 2022 there were at least 612 unsheltered homeless people living in the city of Aurora. Perry, Getting Up Close and Personal with Colorado Candidates by Dave Perry, Sentinel Editor, October 20, 2022 You've seen their endless commercials. You've hid from them when they've knocked on your front door. You've read their privacy mailers stuffed into your mailbox as they slid from your hands into the recycle bin. But for all of this year's claims that you think you know more than you ever wanted to about the herd of politicians fighting to be your elected official, the Sentinel has some tidbits I'll bet you didn't know. Sure, a lot of it you don't want to read through, and we're sure you're pleased that we did all of that for you. But... For all of that political posturing, sound bites, and muffin chokers, your next governor, commissioner, state senator, and county assessor have unleashed during the past several months, they're mostly funny and amusing people when you can turn off the campaign promises. Each election cycle, the Sentinel queries candidates about plenty of party planks and positions, but we also ask personal questions to give you a sense of who they are when you're not watching. The full collection is embedded in each race in our Rota Guide online on sentinelcolorado.com forward slash sentinel hyphen vote hyphen 2020. Here are a few highlights gleaned from the big races. Looking for some crazy fun or solid hedonism? Stay clear of the state's next attorney general, no matter who it is. Dark suits. Good manners. Neither one has probably ever stayed up late in their lives. GOP challenger. He's a veteran. John Kellner's bingey TV show? Band of Brothers. So serious. His wild fun fact that you'd never guess? Okay, I might have guessed about his being in the reserves, but not considering it a fun fact. Somebody needs to help Kellner have some fun. His big household chore to hate? 
grocery shopping. He got a puppy and some ski boots, promising. But the superpower he covets, quote, mind reading, unquote. I'm guessing Kellner has been surprised by how differently people have reacted to him, conflicting with what he expected. Even more sad on the wild and crazy scale is his challenger, incumbent Democratic Attorney General Phil Weiser, whose go-to restaurant is Panera. Quote, I'm known as a regular there, and the staff all know that my favorite order is my signature iced tea. Unquote. One can only guess about the signature. Splash of Dr. Pepper? What a rebel. He's kind of a sad rebel with a serious taste for baseball rather than top eats. If he could have any superpower, like anything, quote, baseball trivia knowledge, unquote. So sad. Probably to impress strangers at Panera. He hates unloading the dishwasher at home. However, in a purely partisan move, he does like to do the grocery shopping. Look for that tidbit in an ad soon. Moving on to Congress, things get only slightly more exciting. Democrat Congressman Jason Crow just loves hitting up Noodles and Company. Quote, I'm a parent of two young children active in sports. Unquote. Lucky kids. They just might like a soft and warm El Salvadorian tamale instead of more beige food at Noodles. Just saying. Crow does have an imagination, kind of. His missing superpower? He wishes he could fly or be invisible. That's better. He loathes folding laundry and could watch Game of Thrones until the end of time or when Nancy Pelosi steps down. Whichever. Ask him about amphibians and he'll impress you. His opponent, GOP challenger Steve Monahan, who has drunk praise from regional rags tabbed, quote, liberal, unquote, saw Elton John and Pompeii, his most recent concert. Monahan was recently active duty. It explains why his most recent book read was, quote, the Second World Wars, unquote. Zowie. Sounds like he hates everything but yard work at his house. And few might know that he was the lead singer in a Navy band. That could be the point of a country western song. At least hanging with Secretary of State types would be a little more interesting. Republican hopeful Pam Anderson loves the vibe and food at Clancy's in Wheat Ridge. Sweet. Anyone who haunts the place can attest to stellar fish and chips as well as the shepherd's pie. Just as great, if you're wondering, are the Smithwick's, quote, pints, unquote, and tons of live music. She got to take in Lyle Lovett and the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band at Red Rocks as a recent show. She loves murder mysteries and science fiction, hates cleaning the bathroom, and a while back, she was a competitive runner powering through a national heptathlon, if you have to ask. Democrat Jenna Griswold, the incumbent, last went concerting to a Tito Neves show, Que Rico, a clear taste for things way south. Her favorite dinner haunt is La Diabla. And if she could superpower up, quote, extendable arms, to always reach the kitchen top shelf, unquote. Huh, T-Rex complex, who doesn't want to fly? She hates undoing the dishes and, surprise, she loves salsa music. The surprises get more interesting when you move toward Colorado's top Senate candidates, Democrat incumbent Michael Bennett and GOP challenger Joe Odia. Bennett's last concert? Fish. Seriously, who knew? He loves El Taco de Mexico in Denver, a standby no matter how much heat you can take on your plate or on the Senate floor.
His wish for superpower? Quote, ending child poverty in America, unquote. Ah, now we're back to posturing. He disdains gardening. A recent campaign video made on his front porch kind of gave that away. Please, water your planters, Senator, and fix the front doorknob. He's a total Trekkie. Bennett thinks his family's deep Polish roots are his most surprising fun fact. Dude, you go to fish concerts. Fly fishing didn't come up anywhere. For those who watch and listen to Odia, there are few surprises. He last saw the Eagles in Las Vegas, loves John Wayne movies, and had a great time recently taking a horseback ride through Wetmore. That's called a pattern. He wishes, more than any other amazing thing he could do, he could, quote, predict the future, unquote. I've seen that polling, Joe. You might not want to know. He doesn't like taking out the trash. Is that telling for someone who wants to be a politician? During the pandemic, he really missed just stopping off at a bar for a beer. We recently found out he drinks Michelob Ultra on ice. Perhaps he just likes company. Anyone who follows Democratic Governor Jared Polis's social media accounts or listens to him ad lib in public knows he has a deep-seated nerdy attraction to eye-rolling puns and layered wit. The most, quote, Colorado thing, unquote, he's done recently, quote, roasted and subsequently tasted chilies at the Pueblo Chili Fest, unquote. Truly a Coloradan and speaker of Spanish, he used the correct, quote, chili, unquote, before subsequently roasting and tasting said chilies. He hangs most often at his son's, quote, playtime, unquote, cafe, where the lattes rock. Otter only then coveting a superpower allowing for knowing the future, like Bennett's political opponent, Polis envies anyone who has, quote, infinite wisdom, unquote. Huh. Listening to him talk, sometimes I'd say he feels pretty close to that. He's a total Trekkie too, and over the years, he's milked and mixed those metaphors and cliches like a pro. He hates washing the dishes but is all about cooking. Next time, we'll reach out to friends and family to see whether the, quote, doers, unquote, are also the, quote, messmakers, unquote. Finally, now you know Colorado's governor regularly burns up broadband hours as a regular League of Legends player. Note to self, ask state staff about his summoner skills. His Republican opponent, Heidi Ganahl, didn't respond to several requests for campaign information and all the juicy details of her personal life. Creator of Camp Bow Wow and a self-inflicted critical wound overseeing imaginary, quote, furries, unquote, in schools across the state, I'm guessing she doesn't identify as Catwoman. Six indicted in sophisticated Denver area identity theft and robbery scheme by Max Levy, Sentinel Staff Writer, October 19, 2022. Centennial. Several people have been indicted for their roles in an alleged criminal scheme where suspects bought luxury cars under stolen identities and then used the illegally purchased vehicles to commit robberies in the metro Denver area. Convenience stores in Aurora, Denver, and Thornton were robbed by the group, while the identities of four other people were reportedly stolen and used to obtain cars manufactured by Mercedes-Benz, Audi, and BMW, along with other vehicles. 
Members of the group also tried to murder two people, according to the grand jury indictment. 18th Judicial District Attorney John Kellner and law enforcement officials announced the charges Wednesday at a news conference where they acknowledged the trail of victims whose identities and cars were stolen and who were robbed at gunpoint. Quote, this criminal enterprise wrecked havoc on our community, unquote, Kellner said Wednesday. Quote, they terrorized innocent convenience store clerks who had guns pointed in their faces, and we're talking about seven different robberies that we have linked to this group, unquote. Defendants were indicted for racketeering under the Colorado Organized Crime Control Act, as well as a host of other charges related to fraud, theft, and violence. They are Emma Zeta Charging Crow, Omari Davis, J. Dean Hallam, Traverius Robinson, Kaylee Stevens, Keandre Stevens. The group was described as, quote, friends and family members, unquote, in a news release from the 18th Judicial District Attorney's Office. Aggravated motor vehicle theft, aggravated robbery, identity theft, forgery, kidnapping, and attempted murder are among the charges included in the 54-count indictment, which was filed October 7th. According to the indictment, police became aware of the group in August 2021 after they responded to a car crash and found an abandoned Mercedes GLC 300 containing a rifle, bullet casings, jewelry with a card that identified one of the suspects, and mail belonging to two people whose identities were stolen. The Mercedes was registered to one of those victims without their knowledge. The victim told investigators her own car had been broken into in June 2021 with a wallet and checkbook taken. Police used the mail to track down another victim and eventually uncovered the complex identity theft and robbery scheme. Aurora Police Department Interim Chief Dan Oates lamented the phenomenon of stolen cars being used in the commission of other crimes saying the majority of violent crimes in the city involve a stolen car. He called the ring, quote, very sophisticated, unquote. Quote, this started with stolen autos. It ended with very violent robberies, unquote, he said. Quote, we are finding every day that, easily, more than 50% of our violent crime that's been happening in Aurora starts with a stolen car, unquote. He and Kellner, who is running for Colorado Attorney General, expressed a desire to lobby the state for harsher penalties around car theft, with Kellner saying he believed all car thefts should be felonies, with a mandatory minimum prison term for repeat offenders. Quote, what this grand jury indictment highlights is the interconnectedness of crime. It's not just property crime. It's not just stolen identities. These things are brought together by criminal enterprises to do much worse, unquote, Kellner said. He also recognized the contributions of the FBI and Colorado Department of Revenue to securing the indictments. Bond was set at between $250,000 and $750,000 for each of the defendants. As of Wednesday, only Charging Crow was out on bond, according to a press release from the 18th Judicial District Attorney's Office. Court temporarily blocks Biden's student loan forgiveness. 
by Jim Salter, Associated Press, October 21, 2022. St. Louis A federal appeals court late Friday issued an administrative stay temporarily blocking President Joe Biden's plan to cancel billions of dollars in federal student loans, throwing the program into limbo just days after people began applying for loan forgiveness. The Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals issued the stay while it considers a motion from six Republican-led states to block the program. The stay ordered the Biden administration not to act on the program while it considers the appeal. It's unclear what the decision means for the 22 million borrowers who already applied for the relief. The Biden administration had promised not to clear any debt before October 23rd as it battled the legal challenges, but the soonest it was expected to begin erasing debt was mid-November. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre encouraged borrowers to continue to apply for the relief, saying the court's temporary order did not prevent applications or the review of applications. Quote, we will continue to move full speed ahead in our preparations in compliance with this order, unquote, she said in a statement, quote, and the administration will continue to fight Republican officials suing to block our efforts to provide relief to working families, unquote. The crucial question now is whether the issue will be resolved before January 1st, when payments on federal student loans are expected to restart after being paused during the pandemic. Millions of Americans were expected to get their debt canceled entirely under Biden's plan, but they now face uncertainty about whether they will need to start making payments in January. Biden has said his previous extension of the payment pause would be the final one, but economists worry that many Americans may not have regained a financial footing after the upheaval of the pandemic. If borrowers who were expecting debt cancellation are asked to make payments in January, there's fear that many could fall behind on the bills and default on their loans. A notice of appeal to the 8th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals was filed late Thursday, hours after U.S. District Judge Henry Autry in St. Louis ruled that since the states of Nebraska, Missouri, Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, and South Carolina failed to establish standing, quote, the court lacks jurisdiction to hear this case, unquote. Separately, the six states also asked the district court for an injunction prohibiting the administration from implementing the debt cancellation plan until the appeals process plays out. Nebraska Attorney General Doug Peterson, one of the six attorneys general leading the effort to block the debt relief program, praised the court's decision. Quote, we are pleased the temporary stay has been granted, unquote, Peterson said in a statement. Quote, it's very important that the legal issues involving presidential power be analyzed by the court before transferring over $400 billion in debt to American taxpayers. Unquote. Speaking before Friday's ruling at Delaware State University, a historically black university where the majority of students receive federal Pell grants, Biden touted the number of applicants who have applied for the loan relief in the week since his administration made its online application available. 
the plan, announced in August, would cancel $10,000 in student loan debt for those making less than $125,000 or households with less than $250,000 in income. Pell Grant recipients, who typically demonstrate more financial need, will get an additional $10,000 in debt forgiven. The Congressional Budget Office has said the program will cost about $400 billion over the next three decades. James Campbell, an attorney for the Nebraska Attorney General's Office, told Autry at an October 12th hearing that the administration is acting outside its authorities in a way that will cost states millions of dollars. The cancellation applies to federal student loans used to attend undergraduate and graduate school, along with Parent PLUS loans. Current college students qualify if their loans were disbursed before July 1st. The plan makes 43 million borrowers eligible for some debt forgiveness, with 20 million who could get their debt erased entirely, according to the administration. The announcement immediately became a major political issue ahead of the November midterm elections. Conservative attorneys, Republican lawmakers, and business-oriented groups have asserted that Biden overstepped his authority in taking such sweeping action without the assent of Congress. They called it an unfair government giveaway for relatively affluent people at the expense of taxpayers who didn't pursue higher education. Many Democratic lawmakers facing tough re-election contests have distanced themselves from the plan. Biden on Friday blasted Republicans who have criticized his relief program, saying, quote, their outrage is wrong and it's hypocritical, unquote. He noted that some Republican officials had debt and pandemic relief loans forgiven. The six states sued in September. Lawyers for the administration countered that the Department of Education has, quote, broad authority to manage the federal student financial aid programs, unquote. A court filing stated that the 2003 Higher Education Relief Opportunities for Students Act, or HEROES Act, allows the Secretary of Education to waive or modify terms of federal student loans in times of war or national emergency. Quote, COVID-19 is such an emergency, unquote, the filing stated. The HEROES Act was enacted after the September 11, 2001 terrorist attack to help members of the military. The Justice Department says the law allows Biden to reduce or erase student loan debt during a national emergency. Republicans argue the administration is misinterpreting the law, in part because the pandemic no longer qualifies as a national emergency. Justice Department attorney Brian Netter told Autry at the October 12th hearing that fallout from the COVID-19 pandemic is still rippling. He said student loan defaults have skyrocketed over the past two and a half years. Other lawsuits also have sought to stop the program. Earlier Thursday, Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett rejected an appeal from a Wisconsin taxpayers group seeking to stop the debt cancellation program. Barrett, who oversees emergency appeals from Wisconsin and neighboring states, did not comment in turning away the appeal from the Brown County Taxpayers Association. 
The group wrote in its Supreme Court filing that it needed an emergency order because the administration could begin canceling outstanding student debt as soon as Sunday. Cherry Creek School District Transitions to Sustainable Lunch Trays by Karina Julig, Sentinel Staff Writer, October 20, 2022 Aurora The Cherry Creek School District is serving up a dose of sustainability this school year with its school lunches. As the nutrition department has swapped out styrofoam meal trays for a new eco-friendly alternative, the switch came after a pilot program last year and was made permanent this school year. The new trays are molded fiber made partly from recycled products, are fully compostable, and are made in the U.S. Quote, it kind of feels like an egg carton when you touch it, unquote, said Shannon Thompson, assistant director of Cherry Creek's Food and Nutrition Services Department of the new tray. Quote, it's been a really good product for us, unquote. Thompson said that making the switch away from styrofoam is something the department has wanted to do for a long time and has been a request from community members. It got its chance last year as supply chain issues made plastic serving products, which are mostly made overseas and then shipped, harder to obtain. Quote, because this is made in the United States, that really helped with that. Unquote, Thompson said. The district decided to make the switch permanent after the success of the pilot and was able to obtain enough of the trays for the entirety of the current school year. Thompson said that students like the new trays, which are more durable than their styrofoam counterparts. Quote, the styrofoam trays have a tendency to break because they're so thin. These are much sturdier, unquote, she said. Cherry Creek has taken a number of steps to become more sustainable in recent years, including implementing a suite of infrastructure upgrades earlier this year that will reduce the district's overall greenhouse gas emissions by 25%. Thompson said the department is currently looking into options for composting the trays either with individual schools or through a commercial partner. The fiber trays are currently a little over more than twice as expensive than the styrofoam trays the district bought before, but Thompson said she hopes that as competition in the industry increases, the price will go down. The district is ahead of the curve in making the transition, as a Colorado law passed by the state legislature last year will ban the use of single-use plastic bans and polystyrene in retail food establishments. School districts are included in the law, which will take effect at the beginning of 2024. This school year, Thompson said the nutrition department has been serving about 20,000 lunches and 5,000 breakfasts per day. Quote, that saves a lot of styrofoam from going into landfills, unquote, she said. Judge dismisses voting case against Colorado Springs lawmaker, citing erroneous allegation. By the Associated Press, October 21, 2022. Colorado Springs. 
A Colorado judge on Friday dismissed a felony case against Democratic State Senator Pete Lee that alleged the lawmaker voted outside the district he lives in and represented in 2020, citing erroneous information provided to a grand jury before Lee's indictment. El Paso District Court Judge Eric Bentley found that misleading evidence unwittingly submitted by an investigator for the district attorney's office led a grand jury to indict Lee on August 3rd, the Denver Post reports. Bentley said there was no wrongdoing by Republican Michael Allen, who heads the 4th Judicial District Attorney's Office. Lee chairs the Senate Judiciary Committee. His attorney... Dan Kaplan sought dismissal of the charge, stating the wrong residency information was provided to prosecutors by the State Office of Attorney Registration. The office later told prosecutors of the error, Kaplan said. Lee had asked while the case was pending to be removed from interim committees on judicial discipline and behavioral health in the criminal justice system. Quote, I'm very relieved at that decision and I'm very impressed with the detailed preparation and analysis of the court, unquote, Lee said Friday. Lee was elected to represent his El Paso County District in 2018. He previously served in the House. He is not seeking a second term in November. Report. Elon Musk plans to cut 75% of Twitter workforce. By the Associated Press, October 21st, 2022. San Francisco. Elon Musk plans to lay off most of Twitter's workforce if and when he becomes owner of the social media company, according to a report Thursday by the Washington Post. Musk has told prospective investors in his Twitter purchase that he plans to cut nearly 75% of Twitter's employee base of 7,500 workers leaving the company with a skeleton crew, according to the report. The newspaper cited documents and unnamed sources familiar with the deliberations. San Francisco-based Twitter and a representative for Musk attorney Alex Spiro did not immediately respond to messages seeking comment. While job cuts have been expected regardless of the sale, the magnitude of Musk's planned cuts are far more extreme than anything Twitter had planned. Musk himself has alluded to the need to call some of the company's staff in the past, but he hadn't given a specific number, at least not publicly. Quote, a 75% headcount cut would indicate, at least out of the gates, stronger free cash flow and profitability, which would be attractive to investors looking to get in on the deal, unquote, said Wedbush analyst Dan Eves. Quote, that said, you can't cut your way to growth, unquote. Eves added that such a drastic reduction in Twitter's workforce would likely set the company back years. Already, experts, nonprofits, and even Twitter's own staff had warned that pulling back investments on content moderation and data security could hurt Twitter and its users. With as drastic a reduction as Musk may be planning, the platform could quickly become overrun with harmful content and spam the latter of which the Tesla CEO himself has said he'll address if he becomes owner of the company. After his initial $44 billion bid in April to buy Twitter, Musk backed out of the deal, contending Twitter misrepresented the number of fake, quote, spam bot, unquote, accounts on its platform. Twitter sued, 
and a Delaware judge has given both sides until October 28th to work out details. Otherwise, there will be a trial in November. Thank you for joining us for the Arapahoe County News. My name is Pablo. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.